All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. It's your host, Tavares here, and today I'm, I think you guys are in for a treat. So I've spoken to this gentleman, um, you know, and he's doing a great work over in Canada, and he's helping men break free from pornography. So I know a lot of our listeners are women. However, I do believe there's a lot in store, especially for our fellas, but a lot of you ladies, in order to know how to navigate some of these relationships, and some of you are going to take away some tools as well, because pornography is not a man issue. It's a lust issue. So as you're listening today, we have Sathya. Um, I'm going to have him introduce a little bit about himself. He's the author of a book, The Last Relapse. Also a podcast host, Unleashing the Man Within. Man, you should subscribe. It's a daily podcast. Also founder of Deep Cleaning, which is a coaching program to help men break free from pornography and perversion. So, Sathya, thank you for coming on, bro. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me, Tavares. Yeah, man. So the people are interested. They never heard of you yet. Tell us a little bit about yourself, bro. Yeah, you gave me a pretty solid intro, but uh, a little bit of background. I'm a fourth generation pastor, so grew up as a pastor's kid, Christian oh, wow. school. Um, you know, just had everything kind of served to me on a platter as far as spiritual life goes. And uh, that was an advantage in some ways and a huge disadvantage in other ways. We can get into all of that. But, um, but you know, uh, I struggled with a porn addiction for 15 years uh, while I was wow. a pastor's kid and, you know, active on worship teams and uh, super involved. I wasn't really the rebel kid and even struggled when I first started as a pastor myself and just was frustrated by the lack of resources and tools out there. And so uh, so that's why I do what I do today. And that's why I'm super happy to be here. So thanks for having me again. So I, I know you told me about pastoring. I knew about you pastoring. I had no idea four generations worth. So yeah. there's a little bit of a stigma. Unfortunately, I'm sure you've heard it. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, but people make it seem like pastors' kids are the worst. You know what I mean? It's so much pressure placed on the PK because... <laughs> In my opinion, it's not that they're the worst. I believe you, we hold them to a higher standard as though they have to be perfection. You know, so how does that yeah. go from being, you know, raised in a godly home to having this struggle? What do you think led to that then? You know what I mean? Because it's one thing if no one else loved God in your home, but everyone did, you know? So how did how do you think you can fall into a trap like that? How are you exposed to this? Yeah, bro, let me tell you, being a pastor's kid has all kinds of nuances that are very hard to explain if you haven't experienced it yourself. Are you pastor's kid, Tavares? No, I'm a preacher's kid. A preacher's kid? Okay, yeah, all right. He I wasn't got you. a pastor, thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not it's not that different. I imagine there's some differences. But you know, there's yeah. there's just always a built-in expectation of you. I think nobody has to state it. It's just kind of there. Um, another interesting part of my story is my parents are both Indian. You know, they grew up in in India. My mom actually grew up in Malaysia. Uh, but Indian culture as well just has its its own degree of expectations on kids and layers of shame that come around sexuality and that kind of stuff as well. So like I mentioned, grew up in a, a good home. My parents were very consistent people. So I'm fortunate that way where it's like it's not like dad was somebody different off the stage. They were really uh, the same people all around, very reliable that way. But I got exposed to pornography in the computer lab of my Christian school. I was 11 years old. Buddy came up to me and was like, Yo, check out this website. Very innocent sounding website. I would say, but unfortunately, it's still a pornographic website today. But you would never guess, not in a million years. So I punched it in. And dude, this is like 2001. This is back in the day when you got the big computer monitor. You got the big power button on the front. And as soon as I realized what it, what it was, I was like trying to push that thing in as hard as I possibly could. You're in a public place. And um, the, the element of being a pastor's kid, even in those moments, is like, I have a reputation. I can't let people like... I didn't even want to be associated with it. Not that I had made a conscious choice or was really hiding anything, 
but uh but that's kind of where it all started and i think um i think the layers of shame that came being a pastor's kid indian culture the stuff i mentioned it kept me in bondage a lot longer than i needed to be yeah so i'll say this there was a time and i mentioned it on our podcast um when i was speaking um, just by myself and i said there was a time i was in church and that that's the problem with social media you have no control over what other people post you know so i was in right. church i was just browsing through instagram and then a woman was half dressed it, it was it was crazy and i was just like i'm in church you know what i'm saying so i'm just like so i exited off the app real fast and i looked around because i didn't want anybody to walk by i think this is what i'm looking up you know i was so i was so yeah, thrown yeah, off yeah. but then god convicted me because he was like you're more concerned about how people are going to view you rather than what I'm thinking about what you're following. And my thing was, uh, thankfully, that wasn't a person that, you know, I wasn't following somebody who's raunchy all the time, but it was the fact that I was really more concerned about people than I was concerned about my, my walk with God. So that, that that thought came back to me because you were saying, you know, PK, you know, I have an image to protect. Do you think mm. a lot of people, for one, a lot of people may, may have this problem and stay, you know, they'll never confront it because of their image, but do you think a lot of times we're more so focused on how people view our walk with God rather than actually being connected to God himself? Because I think I think that's the issue. But what, what's your what's your view viewpoint on that? It's probably the biggest challenge our generation faces because you can you can be anybody you want online. Right. You can put a facade. So you can create a profile. And um, that that gap between what's presented and who you really are is getting wider and wider. Yeah. And the avenues of being found out are getting fewer and fewer. There's a lot more anonymity. And um, one of the greatest manifestations of that is actually how many, uh, especially male Christian leaders, are failing now publicly because that gap has gotten wider and wider. They, they have a facade online. They have a reputation, an image, a brand, whatever you want to call it. But behind closed doors, there's something different going on. And I, again, not not here to like to call out names and point fingers. We don't have to do that today, uh, unless you want. We can go there. But you know, I, I know for me in, in my own story, that, that's certainly a huge part of it. And um, that was that was the moment where I actually started to really, I would say, experience freedom was when I closed that gap. It's not yeah. when I narrowed it. It's when I actually shut it and was like, I have to I have to be real about who I actually am behind closed doors. That's when things started to change. So two things about what you just said that I think are great. Uh, the closing the gap, not narrowing the gap, but closing the gap. And I think that was a great mm -hmm. point because a lot of times it's possible that we're not necessarily overcoming sin, but we're avoiding it. You know, it's not like we overcame anything. Yeah. We just we just didn't present ourselves with it. But like if you just shut the door or like when mm -hmm. you the thing about repentance, it's kind of like burning a bridge. You know what I mean? If you burn it, there's nothing to go back to. God wants us to destroy the past. He wants us to crucify the flesh, but we just pacify it. You know what I mean? So I think it's possible yeah. that a lot of people who are desiring freedom, I genuinely believe they do, but they don't want it bad enough to close the door to all of the open doors that they may have in their heart. So that was a great point. And the second one was anonymity. I, I never know how to pronounce that, but how easy it is to be anonymous <laughs> with, um, with yeah. pornography. Um, my wife and I, we literally just went to a marriage conference this weekend. We're not going to be posting this episode right when you guys are listening. Um, but we went to a marriage um, conference this weekend and they spoke about pornography and they were saying this is worse than most addictions because of three things. Affordability, pornography is free, unless you're one of those people who's 
wasting your money on OnlyFans or some foolishness. Pornography is free. Accessibility, meaning you can get it absolutely anywhere. Back in the days, you had to get a magazine, you had to get a tape. But no, all you need is a phone nowadays. And almost every single person has a phone or a laptop. And then anonymity. <laughs> I never know how to say that. Because <laughs> it doesn't require, like, you, you can just be hidden. No one needs to know what you're watching. No one knows what you're doing. So all of those things cannot be found in every other drug. If you're taking meth, someone is going to realize it. You know what I mean? You're buying cocaine. Someone is going to realize your money is dwindling. No matter what addiction you have in life, pornography is the only one that is the easiest to become addicted to and hardest to break. And that's the reason why I was just like, bro, this is a dangerous game, man. And you know, like, so I've been reading a book and, you know, it was a blessing to be on your podcast, but I was like, I have to have you on ours because it's so true. Like, this is a sick addiction that so many people fall into and they don't even realize how, you know what I mean? So it's just like, this is intense, you know, and I don't want to take it too much away from you. I want you to be able to speak to it. So for the people that are listening, I have a question for you. How do I know I have a problem or... How do I know this is an issue in my life? Because everybody doesn't think they have a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I certainly was in that camp as well. So there's there's generally three or four criteria that you're looking for. The first is, um, can you? How long can you go without it? Right? Because everybody always tells them, tells themselves, oh, I can stop whenever I want. Well, prove it. So yeah. that would be the first thing. The second thing, one of the greatest indicators that you really do have a, like an addiction where this could actually be like clinically diagnosed is if you are starting to watch it for longer periods of time, you're watching uh, more intense content, or the content that you're accustomed to watching is no longer giving you that kind of fix that you need, and you need to maybe start engaging with somebody in person or that kind of thing. That's that's a very typical story of the people we work with. It starts out with just softcore stuff, then yeah. it kind of progresses, and then that stuff no longer does it, so they start watching obscure genres, or they start hooking up with people in person. That's like a very typical progression. It happens over long periods of time. Um, a third third indicator is when you are failing to um, to basically complete your commitments, whether that's work-wise uh, or, or otherwise. But uh, socially is another big one. So you start canceling on your friends because you're going to stay home. You tell yourself you're not feeling well or whatever, but really you know why. Uh, it's so that you can be in your phone on your device watching pornography and then the fourth one and i already kind of mentioned this it's a little bit different but it's when you start to engage in riskier behavior to get the hit and so that yeah. would be like watching at work or um your story was uh was by accident but there are stories of people who in church are watching uh consciously intentionally they literally can't go that long without it um yeah. those are all indicators where it's like you have a problem and this is no longer just something you're dabbling in all right so 100% agree with all those points. Those are pretty good. You can tell that those are addiction type behaviors. But those are, that's answering the question, how do I know I have an addiction? So what do you mm. say to the person who feels as though, well, it may be a little less, but I have it under control. You know what I mean? Um, the person who says, I could watch us a little bit of pornography. What is your advice to those gentlemen or to those ladies who may be saying, well, I've never allowed it to go on that far. It will never get that far, but I'm going to just watch a little bit. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my question to that person would be how how much do you enjoy committing adultery? Because the Bible's super clear wow. that if you've looked at a woman lustfully, right? Jesus went wow. that far. If you've looked at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. And he wasn't speaking to just married people when he said that, right? Yeah. Because if you if you go back to like Exodus is one of my favorite books of the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. 
And in uh, the book of Exodus, God is dealing with major idolatry, right? The Israelites have built their golden calves and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. interesting, though, the use of the word I idolatry, it it's certainly there. And it is probably the more prevalent word. But it is at time exchanged for the word adultery. So idolatry is adultery. The idea is if yeah. anything is in your heart that has taken a greater priority than Jesus, him meeting your needs, him being the first person you go to, it is not just that he that that thing is an idol. It is that actually it has become a mistress in your life. And wow. so when when you when you dabble, e even just the second glance, right? Like like if you have if you have committed, if you looked at somebody lustfully with your eyes, right? Like like that double take, that alone is is committing adultery. So you mm. the, the line has to be drawn as firmly as possible. One of the things that drives me crazy, you're talking to a lot of people that are in relationships, and one of the questions we get asked all the time is how far is too far? Bro, as soon as you ask that question, you've already lost. Yeah. Because if, if that's the question you're asking, it's only a matter of time before you go down that slippery slope. The yeah. question is not, uh, what can I get away with? The question is not, can I handle a little bit of porn? The question is, what can I do that's going to be the absolute best for my relationship with God to honor and to serve him? As long as, as long as that's the lens we're looking at things through, we would never justify any kind of dabbling in pornography or any other sexual mm -hmm. sin. This show was sponsored by BetterHelp. So a lot of you, you aim to get to your best self. Me personally, I feel like I'm at my best self when I've been constant in my word, in the word of God and seeking God and church and exercise and having great time with my family. All those things is when I feel at my best. But to be honest, it's kind of hard to get there unless you are in a right space, both mentally and emotionally. A lot of times we Christians, we only focus on our spiritual, but we also have to focus on our emotional health. And I believe that Having therapy in your life can help you with good coping skills, good boundaries, allow you to uncover the things that you're really dealing with and help you learn the necessary tools in order to resolve them. So if you're a person that's thinking about giving therapy a try, I would encourage you to try BetterHelp. They're a great option because they're both, it's convenient, flexible, affordable, and it's entirely online. Um, and just fill out a brief questionnaire, and after you finish with that questionnaire, they'll pair you, pair you with a, a therapist, a licensed therapist that you're able to switch at any point in time, so that won't be an issue. So if you would like to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Godly to get, today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Godly. Bro, Whew. You came out here to preach today. It's early in the morning we're recording this, man. <laughs> that's just, that's so true, man. And I love the question you asked. You said something along the lines of, how much do you enjoy committing adultery? And it's like, we don't take it, we don't take the words of Jesus as serious. You know what I mean? And I know those, it's sadly because of how churches are preaching. All they talk about is mm -hmm. God's grace, but we don't talk about how this affects our walk with God. Like we don't, we don't talk mm -hmm. about how God actually views what we're doing. Just because he will forgive you does not mean it's acceptable. You know what I mean? And it's like, how how, how much do you really enjoy it? And it, it really speaks to us who are married men or married women who may be listening to this podcast. Because I know a lot of people who are parents that listen to this to give advice to their kids. And it's not, you think, okay, it's just a little bit. It's not a problem. Oh, I'm here to learn from it. No, you're not learning from it. It's damaging your mind. And a lot of people, they try to reenact things that they're seeing in these shows and it's doing nothing but hurting the person they're with. It's nothing but placing unrealistic expectations on the person they're with. And it's like you don't realize not only are you failing yourself, but you're failing your future. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, man, just that's a dangerous game. And I love the point that you brought out in regards to idolatry. 
uh, because a lot of people may not view porn as an idol, but lust is. And then whatever it is right. to feed that lust is what we dive into. So that's why you're going to have the fornication, sex outside of marriage, the adultery, sex outside of your, your marriage again, you know, um, whatever it is feeding into those things. And, you know, Paul tells us to flee fornication. And a lot of people, they only interpret it as running away from sex with my boyfriend or girlfriend. But the word was mm. translated as pornea. That's all forms of sexual perversion right. and where we get our, our word pornography from. So Paul was telling us. You should be running away from these things. And sadly, many of us, we look at it like, oh, just a little bit, you know, and, I, I, and I'm just like, bro, sometimes like you'll check even Twitter and I'm just like, there's no way this is allowed on this app because the more I yeah. talk about God, the more I talk about purity, the more I talk about whatever, it seems like my followers either go down or my engagement goes down or whatever it is, it goes downward. But I'm always seeing things going viral with so much sexual perversion like it's set, we're it's laced around us in all of Hollywood entertainment, so it's it's easy for people to stumble, you know. But like I said, you know, this is just something I'm passionate about. That's why I, you know, I'm talking too much. But yeah, I did want to get add something real quick. Yeah, please do, please do. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you you made a couple of really good points, and and I think one thing that people don't realize when you start engaging in any sexual immorality, which uh, and you you touched on this, but the Bible is really clear that you're not you're not just to avoid it, you're to flee sexual immorality, yeah. right? But one of the huge detriments of sexual immorality is that it conditions us or it teaches us that our priorities matter over everyone else's. Yeah. And the the reason the reason that it is idolatry to engage in pornography or any other sexual immorality, it's not even it is that lust is the is the idol, but specifically it is our lust. It it is that we actually Correct. become idols in our own hearts because yeah. we prioritize our own desires and everything else that comes with it. Wow. The people who watch pornography make the worst lovers because they have learned to prioritize themselves and not serve the other person that's involved. That's why porn in a marriage wow. is so devastating. Yeah. And so it, it is very, very, very important to, to understand this, that when you engage in pornography, masturbation, all that kind of stuff, we can we can try to split hairs over this. And yet, you know, masturbation sometimes falls into a gray area. But the reality is all of this behavior, if you zoom out a little bit, you're just placing yourself above everything else. And yeah. that that never bodes well from a biblical standpoint in your relationship with God. And certainly it's not going to bode well in a marriage or any kind of long term committed relationship that somebody listening might want to have. And it's crazy you say that because I know that's true. And the thing is, I've heard a lot of couples, especially those who um, are young or they're virgins. So they're like, but I wouldn't know what to do. So I'm just trying to get knowledge. And you don't realize you're teaching yourself your, is all about feeding me. And there are plenty of people that mm. I know of personally or I've done counseling with. And when they speak about being married, they can't be satisfied, both male and female. And it's because of yes. years of this addiction. So how is your wife supposed to compete with the, the acrobat gymnast who's also on drugs, done surgeries, had to take medication, all those things prior to engaging in the scene? The, and then a lot of them go through years of abuse. A lot of them go through years. This is literally acting. And now your husband is supposed to come and fulfill you when you've been engaging in this 10 plus years. And it's like they don't realize it's actually harming the marriage that you're praying that God blesses you with. You know, but... I did have a question for you, my friend, because you said something pretty bold in your book. Guys, you're going to want to read The Last Relapse. Oh, I don't have the, the camera is not showing clearly because I'm all up in the camera's view. Whatever. But it's called The Last Relapse. Realize your potential. Reclaim intimacy and resolve the root issues 
of porn addiction. I thought that was a genius name, by the way. I'm mad I didn't think of it. Oh, thanks, man. You said something real bold, bro. From the very beginning, I was like, oh, this guy's talking serious. You said you prayed a certain prayer. God, until I am free of pornography, keep my future wife from me. (laughs) You know, and I said, oh, this dude means business. (laughs) I said, wow. (laughs) Hey, listen, guys, you're going to have to get this book, man. Cynthia doesn't play any games. So my thing is, why did you find that prayer or that mindset necessary? Because there's some people who get married with their uh, porn addiction, they're watching pornography. So why did you feel as though that mindset was necessary? Uh, it came out of a, a super rookie mistake. I was talking to a mentor one day and I was struggling with pornography at the time. And I was I was in this season where I was I was starting to pursue freedom but was not having a lot of luck. And I, I kind of just said something to the effect of, man, I can't wait till I'm married one day and I won't have to deal with this problem anymore. And, uh, you know, his eyes were like the size of, he was like, bro, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> that is works. not how this works. <laughs> Marriage is a magnifier. If it's a problem now, it's a bigger problem later. Preach. And, uh, you know, just by, just by God's grace, like I trusted him enough because it's really hard, right? When you're single, you can hear that, but it doesn't always register enough that it actually mm-hmm. impacts our behavior and our decisions, but it, it, it hit home in that moment. And that, that's when I started praying that prayer. It was like, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to do then. Like, cause I want to have a healthy marriage like everybody else. Yeah. And, um, I know this is going to be a problem. I, I believed him, you know? And so that, that's where that prayer came from. That was a pretty scary prayer. I, I think in my heart. I was always I was always pretty certain I was going to get free not because I was super confident in myself. I just knew that's something God wanted for me. You know, I knew he was on my side. And so I was pretty confident, but I didn't know how long it was going to take and it actually it took way longer than I thought it would. It was about 5 years of uh, really pursuing freedom while I was still praying that that pretty bold prayer. So let me ask you this for those listening that do have a porn addiction or they watch casually whatever they find it the however amounts they watch it, do you think it's safe for someone to get married and they're still watching porn on a regular weekly or monthly basis? Do you think that's a wise decision? Yeah. Okay. Let me zoom out a little bit and give some of my recovery philosophy to answer this question. One of the biggest mistakes people make when they're trying to get free is they count streaks. So it's like 20 days free, 60 days clean, whatever. The problem is when you focus on counting streaks, all you're really concerned with is modifying behavior, which is totally anti-gospel. There it is. Oh man, I was so hoping you'd you'd raise that horn on me. That's awesome. (laughs) So you're focused on behavior modification, right? Which is totally anti-gospel. The the gospel is all about heart transformation. And as long as the heart is transformed, the, the behavior will ensue. So what we teach our guys, because our focus is all about getting to the roots, quote unquote, which is really like about transforming the heart. So when you take that approach, we no longer count streaks. We observe trends. Amen. And so we wow. just had a client post, post a group about this. He, when he joined the program month one, 23 relapses. That's, a, that's not a good month. Uh, month two, 20 relapses. So you're like, okay, three, day, three days improvement. A lot of people would say like, there's nothing flashy about that. But to me, I'm like, that's good. Like you're going in the right direction. Month three only eight month four only five so the trend is going in the correct direction and we know it's just a matter of time now before that count is zero and it never goes back up again but it takes a lot more patience takes a lot more maturity to go there and so my to answer your question now more directly for somebody who is in a relationship and the other person's struggling i'm not asking are you struggling or are you not struggling 
my question is, where's the trend going? And if the trend's going in the right direction, then I, I think it's okay to have those conversations. I would still definitely recommend you wait until it hits zero before you move forward. Um, and, and that might require some really earnest effort from that guy. Maybe you do have to do a program or get some professional help. Do whatever it is that you need to do. But that would be that would be kind of how we'd approach that question. I think I think that was that was an amazing response um, because a lot of times people look at it in terms of he struggled thirty days out of the month, right? Addiction shouldn't get married. I agree, but that's how we view it. Thirty days, nah, this dude is way out there. Zero days, and we look at it like, oh, he's perfect. He's ready for marriage. Oh, she hasn't watched it one time all month. She's ready for marriage. Not realizing you can avoid it for 30 days and still have a lust problem. Not realizing right. you can still have an issue that you're feeding. So it's not necessarily how often did I watch it, but actually what's in the heart. Because, bro, like you said, man, the, the gospel is all about Jesus changing who you are. A lot of people, they go to church and they allow Jesus to modify how they dress, allow Jesus to modify their Sunday, Wednesday. But God has never reached inside their heart. Some people said, you know, hey, Lord, I believe and that's it. And it's just like, no, God is actually aiming to work on your heart. So I think it's key, you know, and, and obviously, like you said, it would be ideal if this dude is up there, we see that number stay towards zero and never go back up again. But the point is understanding the direction that this person is go going, because I genuinely don't believe that every person is going to go on a marriage completely free from every form of lust, um, because a lot of people, they don't realize the need to work on some things until they get married, unfortunately, you know what I mean? But no person yeah. is perfect in every single aspect in general. But I do think it's wise that we make sure we're developing the trends towards purity. Um, and I always say it since I heard this quote from a guy. But he said, purity is not a destination, but it's a pursuit. And like you said, bro, a lot of times mm. we just focus on, oh, I've, only, I've been free for a year. Dude, I, you know how many times I've been free for X amount of time? The point is not a matter of yeah. now I'm not counting days. I'm just trying to walk in purity. And that's the problem. We focus so much on once my last relapse. No, are you walking in purity now? You know, are you walking in God's will now? Are you walking in holiness, walking according to the word, whatever? You know, so it's not necessarily the goal. The goal should be we're not having any of those falls. But are we obeying what God is telling us today? And that's what you do yeah, every yeah. day, you know? So as we follow Jesus exactly. every day, he orders those steps. So I just thought that was a, that was a great response, but I'm not going to keep you can too I, long. Can I add one thing? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, man. Can I... Sorry, sorry. I just want to add something real quick. If, if if somebody really adopts this mindset, the other thing it does is it means that when you do have a, a relapse or, or setback, you can zoom out and see it for what it really is, which what we always encourage to our clients. We're like, this is a bump in the road. If this is not this is not a setback. This is not a derailment. You just get to decide. This is a bump in the road. Let's learn from it. Obviously, you have to figure out what was going on. Lean into those roots a little bit. Do the work. But it should it it not just it doesn't just change the way we look at like someone's condition, the direction they're going in. If somebody really gets this mentality, they're actually able to leverage relapses or mistakes and help them propel them forward instead of it being like this big setback and woe is me. So I just want to add that in because because uh, it is a struggle and it, and it takes usually several attempts and efforts before somebody really can start getting the momentum going in the right direction. I don't know if you've ever read it, but there is an amazing book um, by Craig Groeschel. And I can't remember everything because I didn't take notes on it, but he was speaking on how the mind works, winning the war in your mind. He was speaking how the mind works on how, you know, when we make our habits like it, you know, it places like these dents in our mind and we form these, the neural pathways in our mind. It's like, it's not up to you to determine I'm going to wake up and brush my teeth. You've done it so much 
that you're going to wake up and brush your teeth whether someone tells you to or not. So when you think about someone who yeah. had a pornography addiction, they've every time they check social media, they, it was in the back of their mind to check on it, something inappropriate. So often that even now when they're living for God, they may open Instagram one day, end up on a porn site and or whatever, Pornhub or whatever inappropriate site there is. And before they realize it, now they're like, oh, you know, because it's in their mind that you've already made a habit. So now it's a matter of reframing mm. your mind, allowing God to renew your mind through his word, because it's easy that when you see something, your first instinct is to double take, like how you mentioned, we shouldn't be double, you know, taking a second look. But because you've been taking a second glance for years, now you have to realize that, oh, no, you know, God has delivered me from that, you know, so you don't have to take that next look. You know, so that's why I was just like, it's good that you pointed that out, because people need to understand that. If you fall again, we're not saying, you know, God is condemning you to hell. We're letting you know it's also something that is going on in your brain that you don't realize that that's the reason why the Holy Spirit is needed in the life of every individual, because only God is going to renew your mind. Only the Holy Spirit can make a person yeah. live holy, you know, so great points, bro. But yeah, like I said, I don't want to hold you too long, but I do want to ask, what are some practical tips you'd give for the person who they want to be free, but, you know, they constantly find themselves struggling? What would you say to that person? Yeah, so uh, like we've been saying, you know, one of the classic mistakes we've made is we've tried to modify behavior. And I kind of uh, equate that with running over a weed with a lawnmower. As long as the root system's there, the weed is going to grow back. So what wow. we want to do, if we really want to have any kind of lasting freedom, we want to actually get to the heart of the matter. We want to get underneath the surface and figure out what's going on. We have kind of, a, I would say, like a three-step framework that, that we've used that's worked really well. It's building self-awareness healing of the heart that'd be like working through past traumas and that kind of stuff and then establishing your identity in christ everything starts with building self-awareness though if you are not aware it cannot be repaired so if you don't know why you're having relapses if you don't know why these slips are taking place you're actually you're a victim you're totally helpless to actually make any kind of lasting progress so that's where it starts. And there's two ways that people can do that that are listening. The first is talk to somebody that, that you feel safe with. Uh, if they, you have somebody like that in your life, bring them in. Uh, d discuss the regular occurrences of your life and, and have those regular conversations it goes a super long way. The second thing is journaling. So for people who maybe don't want to talk to another person, journal, bring God into it. And we always ask two, two questions to get the ball rolling when you journal, which is what am I feeling? What am I thinking? And so um, on a real practical level, that would be a great place for your audience to kind of get the ball rolling. But before before I let you go, bro, any last words or thoughts to in any aspect in regards to pornography, whether it's male, female, married, single, what is it that you would like to leave with our audience? Yeah, what I would love to leave with your audience is uh, is this. In February 2016, that was when I had my uh, my last relapse. Uh, November 2016 is when I met Shaloma, who's now been my wife of about three years as we record this. And so we were talking about praying those bold prayers. Uh, God hears those. And you have to remember, God is more excited about your freedom than you are. And so wow. don't be afraid to, to pray something bold. Don't be afraid to invite him into this process. And, and as long as you stay surrendered, you'll be amazed at what God can do. And uh, if people are looking for more stuff, obviously, they can check out the podcast, the book, all that stuff's available. If a guy's listening... He wants some more help. Uh, we set aside time every week to speak with guys uh, that are serious and maybe looking to participate in a program. All those options are available and maybe we can throw some links in the show notes of ours. That'd be great. All right, guys, there you have it. I enjoyed this episode, <laughs> but this guy, man, this guy is a blessing to the body. I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode when we play it back, but I will have this information in the bio below the last relapse. Hopefully this is showing on the camera. I'm, am I too close to the camera? Cynthia, Sam, amazing episode. And then 
when you're on Amazon, make sure you go grab Golly Dating 101 as well. You know I had to plug myself. You know, I'm sorry. God is working on me. But this episode was a blessing. If you're dealing with this, don't feel ashamed. God is more excited about your freedom, your freedom than you are. Man, that's mind-blowing that God wants to see you free. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to let the struggle define you. I know God has great plans in store for you. And we'll see you guys again next week. Peace.